Radio. It's now time for The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. G'day and welcome to The Journey. I'm Dodsey. And I'm Dave. How good does it feel to be back, Grant? First show for 2014. I know I'm going to ask this, but you're ready for a big year, aren't you? I'm like, what, mate? Can't wait. I've had a great break and I'm primed to go for a jam-packed year of The Journey for 2014. And Dave, guess what? The Journey is expanding. It's going to go into some new regions in 2014. It is very exciting indeed, Grant. A big hello to our new listeners in the Gippsland region and Albury, Wodonga, beautiful part of Australia. Great to have you on board in 2014 with lots of other radio stations showing interest in running the journey as we head into the new year. Yeah, well, why wouldn't they, Dave? Listen to this lineup. The Journey has, from week to week, inputs from lots of great presenters like Sister Hilda Scott with her wisdom from the Abbey and Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, always giving us great tips for our daily walk with Jesus. Add them to inputs from Trish McCarthy with her very popular Milk and Honey segment with tips on living a healthy life, God's way and formation for married couples each week with the highly respected Dr Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving, as well as our regular spots from Robert Falzon, founder of the Men Alive movement. Mm. And you've got a weekly show jam-packed with good stuff to help get you through the week. Oh, stop it. We've got some <laughs> new stuff this year too, Dave, and I just can't wait for all this stuff, including regular segments from Jonathan Doyle, who takes on some big issues facing young people in our world today, and Dr. Joanne Howe who will be giving us some insights into life as a busy mum and will share her wisdom on how to share your faith, especially around some of the hot-button issues that face all us Christians today. Hey, Grant, add to that our interviews with great people from right around Australia and around the world and some awesome Christian music. And guess what? You can't go wrong. You'd be mad not to listen into the journey each week. Yeah. Look, enough from us, Dave. Let's get into it. It's time to listen to this week's reflection on the Sunday Gospel with Father Ken Cave. Faith, hope, love and life. You're tuned to The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. Here's this week's reflection on the Gospel. Today's Gospel is from Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Lighthouses. Don't they look beautiful in the day? But they're not much use really in the day, are they? Lighthouses are only good when they get powered up at night. And wow, isn't it a consolation when you're sailing somewhere and you can see that lighthouse. You know that a safe haven is near. We are called to be lighthouses, disciples, shining with good works, the good quality of our lives, not pious observing external laws, not being self-righteous, not boasting and parading ourselves around for our power or our stature. No, God is praised because we live a life that reflects the wonder of God's love, being patient, tolerant, forgiving, joyful, non-violent, gentle, not condemning, no prejudice, no bigotry, but building up, building up the whole people of God. Our call, our destiny as disciples, is not in Bible bashing or ramming religion down people's necks. We're called to build bridges, to heal relationships, to be attractive and to attract others to Christ, to live in charity, to care for all others, especially in a loving way. And that's not easy when such things are not valued by our cultures at times, which are often more interested in boasting and being self-centred. We are called to be a lighthouse when people's lives are dark, to bring to them the word 
and the power of Christ. Let us choose to act in a way that reflects what we all are by God's creation, images of God, images of the lighthouse of God. Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. I don't know if this has happened up your way in recent times, but in Jamboree, we've had a plague of cicadas. I call them locusts, a hangover from when I was a child. So loud are these locusts, you could barely hear yourself think, let alone talk. A friend of mine was visiting, and he showed me something. He showed me that when there was a cicada that was there on the ground, it couldn't get up and fly. Now, my friend is very smart. He explained the scientific facts to me for why the cicada couldn't get off the ground and fly. It went in one ear and out the other. But what did stay with me was the practical experience that he gave me. He picked up the cicada and he said, this is what you do. And he threw that cicada into the air. Oh, it was magic to watch that cicada take off. So I started doing it. Whenever I was walking around and I found a little locust on the ground, pick it up. And what caught my attention was the way in which that poor little cicada would croak and carry on, obviously, because it was scared. It was frightened. It thought I was going to hurt it. I wonder how its little heart must have sung when it realised I wasn't about to hurt it at all. I was setting it free. How it sent a note of release inside my own heart every time I did just that. Threw a cicada into the air and let it go. You know, it made me think about the many times in which God does that to me, in which God does that to you. How many times has something new come your way, or something hard? There's a call to go somewhere that you perhaps don't want to go. And you and I have kicked and screamed and said, no, 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 no. And yet God has picked us up and thrown us into the air and how you and I have taken off. It also made me think, then as I listened to those cicadas drowning out so much, that in fact, they were giving off a great song of praise and thanks to the God. God who is bigger and stronger and wise and affectionate and who loves us. That God who, for you and me, as well as for them, has picked us up and given us new life. Why not be a cicada this week? Why not let the sound of your gratitude and your praise drown out everything else that God's likely to hear this week? Great to have Sister Hilda back sharing her wisdom from the Abbey again this year, Dodsey. How good is she, mate? (laughs) Well, you'd expect nothing less than the best from Sister Hilda, Dave. She's a woman of deep prayer. And you hear that in her voice, you know. She's walking daily with the shepherd, mate. So no wonder she has some great reflections for us. Now, Dave, 
I know you're a big cricket fan, mate. And to our listeners, our new listeners, sorry, you'll get used to him going on about cricket. Are you feeling okay now that the international season's over, mate? No, I'm not feeling okay. And who's the other one on this show who goes on about cricket? Anyway, enough about that. It was unbelievable, Dodsey. If you told me that the English would come over here and lose 5-0 in the tests... Once again, 5-0 in the tests. 4-1 in the one-dayers and 3-zip in the 2020. I would have laughed at you. I'll probably laugh at you anyway, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Now the Aussies are in for a real test over in South Africa. Yeah, you bet. And that'll be a series to watch. Let's hope they can play over there like they did here in Oz all summer. Time for another song. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Have you ever heard the expression... Feel the fear and do it anyway. For me, this is a great motivator to experience and embrace opportunities for growth that I would otherwise have missed out on. My life has become an expression of freedom, abundance and life-giving growth as a result of responding to this expression. I, like most of us, have aspects of my life in which I feel trapped to some degree by my fears. Fears of what people might think. What if I can't handle it? What if I get hurt? What if I lose something or make a fool of myself? One such example was simply connecting with people. I also felt like I was missing out on something that I needed for my well-being. I spent some quiet time with Jesus and during this time he reminded me of the gifts I have to offer. I experienced his love and affirmation and was encouraged to share the gift of myself. In the following days I felt the fear but kept taking small steps forward and eventually I was able to make a connection and found that this group of people had more in common than we realised. Making the connection was very important. However, equally valuable was the liberation I experienced from that particular fear as my focus became more on not what I could get, but what I could give. As Jesus reminds us, perfect love casts out fear. So go forward unafraid, even if it's baby steps towards the person you want to be. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Trish McCarthy, she's getting quite a following, Dodsy Our Trish. Yeah, she sure is, mate. Mate, she's being asked to speak at women's conferences all over the place, and why not? Great tips for living well. Thanks so much, Trish. Yeah. Coming up now, we've got an interview with Naomi Abel. Now, Naomi's a Year 11 student who last year won an Australia-wide songwriting contest with the songs to focus on life issues. Now, she's a talented young woman, and a song was chosen from amongst numerous songs, Dave. Sounds great, Dodsey. I can't wait. Let's hear what she had to say to our producer, Jude Hennessy. I'm joined in the studio by Naomi Abel, and Naomi is a student at St Joseph's College Albion Park, and she recently won the Music for Life song contest that was run in Australia. Naomi, thanks for joining us on the journey. Thanks, Jude. It's um, a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the journey. It's our pleasure. Now listen, Naomi, this song contest we'll get to in a minute, but before we do, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and, uh, and who you are? Well, I'm 16 years old and your second youngest of five kids in my family. Mm-hmm. I've been writing music for as long as I can remember and playing music and performing. That's cool. So you've been writing music for a long time? Yeah. And what do you, what do you play? I play piano and I sing. And the Music for Life songwriting contest, Naomi, what's that all about? It's a music songwriting contest that gave songwriters that have a passion mm-hmm. about pro-life yeah. the chance to use their talents to express their concern about the issue. Oh, good on you, Naomi. And it, and it is a significant issue in our society. I know it's one that's hotly debated. And um, I suppose my next question is, how does a, a 16-year-old girl become so passionate about this issue? 
And and what was your song all about? I guess I'm passionate about it because I think that not many people understand the whole context of it and all the issues that are around it. Sure. And I guess I'm concerned about all the little lives that don't get to reach their fullness. And the song itself, Naomi, what was what was the core content of your song? Um, well, my song is called A Million Faces. Yeah. And it's coming from a million faces that the world will never see, a million faces that will never open their eyes. Wow. A million faces that um, will never get to live their life and the world will never see and they just and the world forget about. It's really, really powerful. When you went down there to um, to Melbourne to receive the award, did you get the chance to play your song? I did actually, yeah. And how was it received? I feel like whenever I perform one of my songs, I try and put my whole heart and soul into it. So for me, I feel like I, I put my whole self into the song, but the audience felt that, so. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. And Naomi, if someone wanted to have a listen to your song, how can they do that? Um, well, it hasn't gone into professional production yet. Anyone can go on YouTube and you type in Naomi Abel, so A-B-E-L, um, A Million Faces, and it should be the first link. Well, I'd really encourage listeners to go and have a listen to the song. I've heard it uh, live, and it's, uh, it's just brilliant. This girl can sing, and she can write a song, so I encourage you to do that. Now listen, Naomi, you're 16 years of age. You've already had this success in writing songs. Where to from here? Where do you see yourself in terms of your songwriting and and what would you like to see happen in the next few years? I'm going to try and keep writing songs that are really passionate to my heart and uh, just see where that takes me. Good on you. Well, listen, I really congratulate you and affirm you in, in what you've done there. It takes, um, first of all, a pretty bold person to write a song about about an issue such as, as right to life and, and abortion and to do it so passionately. And I, I understand your song is, is really moving. So I congratulate you on the success that you've had and really wish you every success into the, into the future. Naomi, thanks for joining us on the journey. Thanks, Jude. Wow, what an impressive young lady, Dodsey. You know, it is one thing to take a stand for what you believe in, but to do it in such a creative way is very, very impressive. Mate, absolutely. I've met Naomi and she's got a brilliant voice and for her to turn her skills to writing songs that make people think about issues, such as right to life issues, that shows what a passionate, young, strong woman she is. Yeah, for sure, Grant. I mean, standing up for this issue is not something that's easy to do. No. You certainly open yourself up to a lot of criticism yeah. and that's what makes her witness as a young woman even more powerful. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself, mate. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. In the later years of high school, I had a pretty profound experience of God. It was one of those moments where everything seemed to click and I was like, yes, my parents believe in God, but this is my faith now. These are my beliefs. I wanted to live out my faith, I I wanted to share the gospel, so I did what anyone in my position would do. I got my big, fat, gigantic Bible from home and I slapped it on the top of my pile of school books. I carried it everywhere I went and I was never backwards and coming forwards about my faith. This didn't seem to have the desired effect. I seemed to be turning more people off than turning them to God. I wish I knew then what I know now because I think it would have changed my approach in high school. I was so eager to tell people about God's love that I forgot to show God's love. I wanted people to know God's salvation so badly that I forgot to reach out to those around me that needed help. I knew they needed God's mercy, but I wasn't willing to be merciful myself. As St. Francis said, let us not love in word, but in deed 
and in truth. I pray that we put faith in action today. God bless. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. And they lived happily ever after. It's the ending of the fairy tale love story and it has become the expected storyline of most modern day couples. Swept away by passion and the overwhelming experience of falling in love, couples expect the wedding to seal their happiness in permanent and effortless marital bliss. Of course, reality is different. Hi, we're Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving, and today we're talking about the purpose of marriage. Like all temporary euphoric highs, the infatuation high of falling in love eventually passes. In a few years, the perfect mate has often become a horrible mistake. How can it be that what began with such high aspiration seems so regularly to have a different outcome? A key reason is that this modern romantic storyline, when combined with the self-entitlement culture, twists our understanding of marriage and its purpose. Most people today view the purpose of marriage as mutual self-fulfillment. They expect their spouse to make them happy. The self-entitlement culture tells them that they have a right to happiness. Obviously, no one wants to be unhappy, so the only logical conclusion for any unhappiness must be that it is their spouse's fault. In this understanding, unhappiness signals the failure of the marriage, and so begins the misdirected process of trading in one spouse for another, and another, and yet another. For as long as people look to marriage to be a permanent fix for their own unhappiness, they will unwittingly overload each other with impossible expectations. In the Judeo-Christian culture, the purpose of marriage is not to make one happy, it's to make one holy. In layman's term, this simply means it is meant to help us become better persons, more loving, generous, mature individuals. When we study successful marriages, we see that the spouses are more concerned with giving love rather than getting it. Each spouse is continually growing, both emotionally and spiritually, supported by a commitment to that growth. Happiness is therefore the obvious consequence of this marriage. But that is different from saying that happiness is its purpose. Couples who marry expecting their spouse to fulfill their every need condemn themselves to guaranteed disappointment. Now it's important to remember that reorientating our expectations about marriage is not the same as lowering them. Think of it as reinverting an upside down understanding. Marriage is one of life's greatest adventures When properly focused, it has the potential to bring deep fulfillment and joy. When we orientate our expectations towards giving love and living in mutual loving service of each other, we'll be far more likely to have a marriage that both endures and satisfies. Moreover, we'll both be happier for it. We're Byron and Francine Parole, and for more relationship tips, visit smartloving.org. The Journey with Dodzy and Dave. Oh, Dave, look, we're not far off now from that season of the year that we call Lent. That time of the year when as Christians we journey in our scripture readings towards the great events of the Passion and Easter, the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's right, Grant. Easter is on the way. 
And in coming weeks, many of our regular presenters will be giving us insights into how we can prepare ourselves for this season. So these eternity-changing events of Jesus' death and resurrection can sink into our prayer life as we move towards the passion of Good Friday and the joy of Easter Sunday and the empty tomb. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, The Catholic Guy. Do you ever wake up and know that it's just going to be one of those days? Your thoughts are already filled with dread about the day and you wonder how the heck you're going to get through. You check your emails and they confirm your dread. One of your children comes to you deeply upset and needing your 100% attention. All that before a cup of coffee. Sometimes in our lives we can have those difficult days. Days when we don't feel able to cope with our circumstances or to do the things we need to do. As Christians, we must learn to appreciate those difficult days. Rather than being deterred by challenges along the way, could they stimulate us? As we journey with Christ through rough terrain, we can have real confidence because we know that together with Christ, we can handle anything. We just forget this time and time again. We can know this through three things. Firstly, our relationship with Jesus. When we walk daily with Christ, every experience is shared and we learn to trust Him with our whole lives. Secondly, the promises we read in the Bible. In Isaiah 41.10 it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The scriptures are filled with example of God's promise to be with us through everything. And thirdly, when we remember and reflect on our past experiences, we know that we have coped successfully during hard times. When we look back at our lives, we can see how Christ has helped us through the difficult days. If we're tempted to think, yes, but that was then and this is now, we just have to remember who God is. Though I might change and my circumstances might change dramatically, God remains the same throughout all of time and eternity. This can be the basis of our confidence so that we can get through even the worst of our days. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com and remember, I want you to know that God is never far from you. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. End of our first week back, Dodsey, it all went a bit too quick for me. What about yourself? Oh, mate, look, anything good always seems to go by quick. Uh, look, that's the way things work around here. Um, thanks for listening into the journey. And again, it is great to have our new listeners in and around the country. Big cheerio to listeners in Gippsland, the Illawarra and Albury-Wodonga. Now, next week on the show, we'll be doing it all again, of course. Great music, interviews and inputs from all our awesome presenters. Yep, here's proof. Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. (laughs) Sister Hilda with her wisdom from the Abbey. She'll be back. Trish McCarthy with milk and honey. And of course, the Parolas. Oh, yeah. We'll keep those smart, loving tips coming as well for Great Marriages Grant. Mm. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. And remember, have have yourselves a great week. The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop. Radio.org.au